I grew up in a, a house where my parents were Christian, so they introduced me to it, obviously. But growing up, it was just something we did. It was never something that I felt like I was a part of or a relationship that I felt that I had until in college, you know, I started to kind of live my own life and decide what I believed about things. And that's kind of when it clicked for me that this was something that I, I believed, even if I don't believe everything, you know, that a, a, a Christian preacher may teach. Okay, I'm just going to go into it. So, welcome back to I'm the Villain. Oh, shit. What's your last name? (laughs) (laughs) You should keep that. (laughs) It's Chaney. Okay, okay. So, we're we're talking to Keith Chaney today about religion. And (laughs) so, he's he's really like, he has his own podcast on religion. Uh, I know him because I was on a panel with him about podcasting. And so, why don't you just go ahead and like kind of tell us about like, you know, your religious background, your podcast and like, you know, that kind of thing. Sure, sure. Uh, So, my podcast is called Saved-ish. It's kind of like black-ish throw off the ish names everywhere now um and it's about just being young christian and imperfect and so it's it kind of started as a brainchild of mine there were a lot of issues that i wanted to talk about that i didn't necessarily i guess align perfectly with typical conservative or christian values and i just wanted to talk about those things uh so you know we've we've talked about doubts we've talked about christianity being perceived as the white man's religion being used to control black people uh we've talked about you know sex we've talked about homosexuality we did a whole cuffing season about relationships um and our our season that's about to uh start is just all about adulting so you know it's it's passion versus paycheck it's uh growth and unlearning death just some of the things that you know, all of a sudden one day we were deemed adults and we had to deal with and nobody ever gave us like the the manual. Uh, so, yeah, just a lot of conversations that you won't usually hear at church, uh, but just from some people who happen to be believers. Yeah, I really I really like the piece about like, you know, the notion that we're imperfect and we haven't really like come to the answer yet, because I do feel like that's an issue that I have with a lot of my secular friends is like this notion that like oh well because i believe in science like we've figured it out but Mm -hmm. like i really really dislike the notion that you know anyone can claim to whatever like have some kind of authority over the truth because i really don't think that anyone does and i think the opposite in the christian world is saved you know people ask you are you saved and it's just like (laughs) i didn't get a certificate or anything so uh so what led you to start the podcast um i i just i had a I had things that I was struggling with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sure, people told me that I was saved, but I definitely had, you know, doubts about yeah, my faith. Like, I don't feel completely you know, saved. Yeah, it's like, I, <laughs> I'm, I don't know that I would be able to tell someone that I know for sure that this thing that I believe in is true. And even if it is, I know a lot of the things that I struggle with have been deemed sins or, you know, anti-Christian. So I just want to be able to talk to people about these and then more so just allow other believers to have some some comfort in knowing that they're not the only people struggling with these stuff. But what is saved exactly supposed to mean? Is it supposed to mean like, oh, I figured it out? Um, like, what does it mean? So saved, I guess, in the Christian definition would be that you have confessed with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And so that even, you know, the, even the the believe in your heart, it's like, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> but sometimes so it's like a state I don't of, know. It's, the idea is that it's like a state of mind. Like, can you um, like be well, saved so, for a while and then you start doubting so and then like you're a, unsaved again? A, a phrase that's often used is like born again. So you have, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you have your life that you're living. And then at the end of most uh, Christian church services, they'll have like, you know, a call to the altar. So they, the preacher has given, you know, his, his sermon and, you know, for anyone in the, the audience who either doesn't have a church home or, you know, has not been a believer, but maybe is at that point where they, they do believe or they want to learn more about it, they'll, you know, have that opportunity to come up and, you know, they'll be, you know, given like a counselor to talk to and eventually you'd get baptized and that would kind of represent you starting your new life as a believer. I was baptized when I was like 12 didn't necessarily mean much. It's just something I think my parents wanted me to do. Um, but later on in life, I kind of decided that, you know, this is something that I think that I believe. And I think that I think is the part that people won't acknowledge. 
like the doubts are okay. You know, they're just a part of life. I feel like there's an analog to, I'll say, I'll start saying, I think that like, we just like love labels, right? So like, oh, yeah. are you saved? Are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, are you, are you woke? You know, we <laughs> like, like AF. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we just love to be able to identify with something. Yeah. Um, but as we have talked about and we'll talk about human beings are so nuanced Absolutely, and yeah. it's just so hard to like, you know, like, yeah, I'm maybe I'm saved or maybe I feel saved today. Like you were yeah, saying, and that's, but, but maybe that's I don't. been my experience. It's like, sure. Today I feel saved. You know, you might talk to me tomorrow. And it's like, man, I don't know if anything yeah. is real. <laughs> it's weird. Cause it feels like we as humans like really do want to gravitate to these like labels and be able to like define ourselves under something. But also it feels like it goes so contrary to human nature because we are so nuanced and not monolithic. Mm-hmm. But it's also, yeah, like the, the, even the terminology that we use, right? Like even non, like, you know, like the word woke, right? It's such a binary thing. You can't be between woke and unwoke. You're either like woke or not, right? And even it's like, seems like the same is true for save, right? But like, yeah. it's in the reality, like yeah. no one's like fully any of those exactly. things, right? But the exactly. language is so kind of like oppressively binary. You're one or the yeah. other, yeah. you know? I think the label is one thing that I'm not a huge fan of because it, it's almost saying if you're not, all the way here you're all the way there and it's just like no i'm just i'm kind of on a journey right now and you know a lot of the things that you know christians say feels right to me but some of it doesn't and i that's me some things that you know christians you know believe or or things that are in the bible i just don't rock with and i don't know that i ever will because they don't necessarily feel like love yeah. And my my favorite thing about Christianity is the whole God is love thing. That's the one thing that feels true to me. It's like, yeah. yep, all the other stuff, the stories, I don't know for sure if they're they actually happen, but I know that I can take things from them. But if God is love, then I, I can rock with this. Yeah. It's so it's funny when you say saved, like the first thing I think of is like you're like a word document and you're like you're like keep you keep writing your draft or whatever and you keep saving every song. Yes. <laughs> but then you keep working more and then you like, you know Like what version are you on? <laughs> are you backed up? Do you <laughs> backed up? <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. I mean like I'm just interested in having a conversation about what it's like for you, um, as someone that like still is still like actively participating in the faith community and mm-hmm. is a millennial because i feel like that breed of us is kind of going down definitely um and sort of what your uh your like mission and stances as like a, a millennial mm-hmm. um christian you, you you identify as a christian right yeah yeah okay and i think that that reduction and participation is kind of one of the things that made me think the podcast would be beneficial mm-hmm. because you know, while I, I do identify as a Christian, I completely understand why so many of us <laughs> want nothing to do with it. Right. Um, and I think a lot of that is just tradition. Mm. And I think so much of just how things function in general, like we were talking about employment, so much of what we don't like is just tradition. Like this is the way things have been done and you're closed minded about new ways, whereas our our generation is more like, no, I'm not just going to take what you give me. I have questions and I have opinions and I have. Yeah. And faith does seem kind of like immovable in that way. It does. And that was hard. I think that is hard for a lot of like us to get down with Mm -hmm. us being millennials. Yeah. So I'm just interested in sort of like picking your brain about what your experience has been and where you're at in that way as well. Do you have any like specific sort of topic points? Yeah. I, I think that I, you know, don't, I, I'm really unfamiliar with, <laughs> with like just like stuff around religion personally. And so just like getting to know like what your thoughts are around like I, I feel like the only perspective that I have is probably a caricature. Like I mm-hmm. don't feel like that it probably the, the that my understanding of what it's like to be like a religious millennial is probably accurate. So like I'm just trying to get a sense of like what does it actually mean for you, given that there is all of this, like, talk of, like, you know, like, war on religion in America and, like, this mm-hmm. general trend of secularization and how that kind of affects you and your communities that you're part of, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of that type of talk is is legitimate. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like there are people or there are ways of life that maybe contradict or, or don't align with religion, but I also think that um, religious people need to 
and open their minds up a bit and grow a bit and, and maybe not be so you know set in the ways things went down before the world was exposed to other things right <clears throat> I, it, to me it's, it's similar to racism right you you can you can grow up in a bubble you can have people tell you all these things about blacks or, or about whites or whoever but in once you start to familiarize yourself with those people or you know you're in classes with those people you have you're on a podcast conversation with those people you realize wait no they're actually not that bad and you know you see it a lot with the muslim community a lot of people especially after 9 11 you know they had this hate toward muslims because they didn't know you know what that faith stood for and while i've i've i was brought up christian and i grew up in a a, a town that was predominantly christian I had a unique experience because I probably looked the most Muslim at my middle school. <laughs> and and that was enough for like after 9-11, you know, we we would all roast each other and I would always get like the, the Muslim jokes. Yeah. And so I was probably 11 or 12 and I got to feel just a little bit of like what that hate felt like. And I knew then I was like, no, this isn't right. Yeah. You know, even though I don't, I don't necessarily align with their beliefs. Right. I could never be the one to tell someone else you're wrong. You, what you believe is wrong, or, or you, you know, people in your faith are are evil or have this, you know, these type of beliefs when they don't. So, I, I like I said, I understand why people are turned off by religion. I myself was turned off by religion. Um, I grew up in a, a house where my parents were Christian, so they introduced me to it, obviously. But growing up, it was just something we did. It was never something that I felt like. I was a part of or a relationship that I felt that I had until in college, you know, I started to kind of live my own life and decide what I believed about things. And that's kind of when it clicked for me that this was something that I, I believed, even if I don't believe everything, you know, that a, a, a Christian preacher may teach. I'm really interested in talking about, cause you said you like, you kind of had a departure and then you decided sort of independently to come back to it. Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of, millennials probably sort of decided to not come back to it. I think yeah. that the, I think that sort of departure is probably pretty common amongst people that were raised Christian. Like I was raised Christian, mm -hmm. um, generally Christian, like Baptist is what I was told I was, but I was raised by my grandparents who were both sick. So we never really got to go to church. Gotcha. So we just like were a house that believed in God. Um, and also had a similar departure um, and kind of, came back in a way that made sense for me which is like sort of being like don't know if i believe in like heaven hell and things like that i think that the basis of christianity are dope basis and i believe in like you know those principles but never really like made it back to the point where i would like call myself a christian you know? right so what do you think it was that a called you back but b called you back in a way that made you feel like you were allowed to sort of not, I don't want to say like go against some things that the church might've believed, but sort of understand what the, what it meant to you to be a Christian. Um, I think, you know, maybe freshman, sophomore year undergrad, I was living in a house with a few of my buddies and there were no rules. Wildin'. <laughs> we was wildin'. A lot of women in and out the doors, a lot of parties, a lot of drinking, a lot of other things while like I was, I guess, enjoying it from like a physical standpoint, there was always like conflict internally. I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't being who, who I, I knew that I should be, or I felt like I was kind of just going with whatever. Yeah, you were like playing a part. Yeah. And I felt like I just had no real like core, right? Like whatever people were talking about, all right, that's what we're doing. And after a while, you know, I remember one morning, like after a night of party and one of my boys was like, Hey man, we should just go to church today. And it's, it's funny because we were like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know why. It was just, we had. You're all like, yeah, we, we just, do need like, Jesus. Yeah, we, whatever we've been doing, whatever we've like introduced to this environment doesn't feel right. And I think we need some type of anchor uh, to bring us back. And even then, like, you know, we would go to church sometimes, but we would still kind of live that life. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as I just kind of sat back and started to observe some things and even, you know, certain sermons that I would hear from from preachers, they just resonated with me. And I think you know, a lot of 
different religions like at their core they they teach a lot of the, the same yeah, principles really that principles. like you know love people you know be nice to people be kind <laughs> and so that's why i would argue like i would never sit with like a muslim or or, or you know someone of a different faith and say you're wrong because i don't know that you know i think i if anything i fall on the agnostic end of christianity like this is what i believe these are you know things that i choose to live by but i don't know yeah and i would never sit and profess to know for a fact that this thing in this book is, you know, factual. I think that a lot of the stories in the Bible are useful. Yeah. I think they have lessons that you should apply to your life. But if you ask me, do I believe there was like some guy who killed this giant with a slingshot or if the world flooded for, you know, 40 yeah. days, like, I, I don't know. I'm skeptical. <laughs> but for some reason, that doesn't matter as much to me. Like yeah. whether or not that happened it's just like the takeaway the like have faith the you know you know be a good person even if you look at the way in the bible you know jesus moved like he he wasn't he didn't seem to me anything like the uh evangelical leaders <laughs> of the world yeah. right he he hung out with you know the prostitutes and the the poor people who were were struggling with you know their issues and he didn't judge them like mm -hmm. he loved on them and i think that is what what resonates with me that's what i want to try to be that's what i want people to see when they experience a church and unfortunately i don't know that that's what people experience very often although i will say i think a lot of people go into uh, an interaction with a person of faith with their mind made up on like what they're going to get oh i'm going to be judged here oh there's going to be i'm going to be scolded people are going to talk down to me people are going to tell me that the way I live my life is wrong. And I think that that confirmation bias kicks in because like, I feel like you can go to, you can go to my church in DC, right? You can be greeted at the door by you know, someone super sweet. You can be you know, guided to, you know, where you could sit. Some people may tell you, oh, thank you for coming. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you came here to worship with us. You might hear, you know, wonderful music. You might hear a sermon from a preacher that is, is just filled with love. And then maybe one or two people might say something that like confirms the negative yeah. feelings that you have about religion. You say, okay, see, this is why I don't do it. Yeah. And I think that that's true with a lot of different things. You know, you can have something that's pure and intended to be used for love, but all it takes is a few people with ill intentions to, mm -hmm. to ruin it. I'm interested to get your take on whether or not you feel like your breed as in like the person that's like, like Christian, but understanding or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're like in the majority or like in the minority of Christians, or do you feel like not qualified to even make that assertion? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be tough to say. I um, guess, and I, I let me narrow that because, like, obviously, we're talking about like you know U.S. Western Christianity, yeah. and but yeah, um, I would say I don't know. I would almost break it down by demographics. I think if you if you're talking about people that identify as Christian that are you know maybe under fifty. <laughs> and have you know they, they've just been exposed to other ways of life they may have friends that have different faiths um and maybe they live in a city like a dc where you're exposed to so much just different ways of thinking and yeah. maybe you have conversations with people that think differently i think they're i think that i'm in the majority mm -hmm. but if if you go back to like where i'm from which is like the middle of america and midwest where you have people that grew up in cities where everyone goes to church everyone you know, believes in the same things and people that question or or yet people that question authority in those settings are kind of told to shut up and be sit in your place. There's a lot less willingness just to grow and to unlearn and to ask ask yourself, okay, is is this thing that I'm being taught or this thing that I'm seeing, does it align with what the principles that we're supposed to be living by say? Well, how does that play out in the actual church? I don't know how intergenerational your church is, but mm -hmm. like I would imagine that's the kind of thing that would result in some kind of tension, right? If there's like kind of the older mm -hmm. people who haven't been exposed as much versus like the younger, like under 50 people you're talking about, like how does that manifest itself? Absolutely. And I, I think it makes, it, it's important the church you attend, you know, yeah. because you can get very different experiences than what I've had. So I grew well, up how, in like, a- Yeah, like progressive or whatever yeah. is it? So- the church that I grew up in yeah. was was pretty traditional. Again, this was in Michigan. I it almost felt like the pastor and his family were like royalty, and we were just supposed to treat them as such and never question things. Yeah. And that always turned me off because 
by nature, I'm I'm inquisitive and by nature, I'm going to question anything you tell me. I need to see some receipts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas the church that I go to now, that tension does exist, but I think it's it's a good tension. So our, our pastor, he, he's younger, uh, maybe maybe mid 40s. Right. But the church is very close to Howard University. So you get a lot of students from all around you know, the country, all around the world that come to the church. And you also have a lot of people who are just, you know, native DCers who have been going to the church since they were young and maybe they're in their 50s, 60s. And our pastor has created an environment where we'll have a Bible study, but it's not a lecture. Yeah. A Bible study be like, all right, we're going to talk about this thing. Here are a few scriptures we'll reference. You know, here are a few things I think. And then he'll pass the mic. Mm -hmm. And so you'll get a really good dialogue sometimes with tension because you know some people are more set in their way and and i don't think that it's necessarily wrong to have a conservative approach on some things right but he creates that space where we can have an open conversation and, and the younger people say well i've experienced things a bit differently or or you know when we do this i don't know if you guys realize it but it looks like hate and if we're supposed to be you know love if 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 the book that we believe in says god is love then are people seeing god when they see us or are we seeing you know, man. Mm -hmm. And I think that tension is good because it causes the older members to kind of open their mind a bit and maybe think about different ways to view things. But the younger members are also kind of sometimes they could tell us, all right, well, you all are also seem to be just going with whatever, you yeah. know, whatever the song says, that's your belief that day. And you have to have some type of core, you know, principles or else you'll just go wherever the wind is blowing. So we have a really good balance. But like I said, there are a lot of churches where it's just very much sit down, lecture, listen to the pastor. That's it. And especially in the black community, that goes back to slavery days. You know, the, the Bible was a critical tool used to keep us from, you know, fighting back or from resisting. You know, there's there are passages and, and these can be used for harm. You know, slaves obey your masters and. I don't think a lot of people realize, but during during slavery, they used a completely different version of the Bible. They actually took out books like Exodus that would encourage someone to say, hey, wait, we're not supposed to be slaves. <laughs> you know, we're supposed to you know, be equal. So they used that and they would actually you know, use a pastor, a black pastor and say, OK, this is what you're going to preach. Any questions, shoot them down. Anybody that seems to, you know be the rebel make sure you understand you, you make sure you tell them that they should be behaving they shouldn't be questioning their masters so it's very dangerous but also very common to have you know one bible in a church and one guy who's standing up looking down at everyone saying this is what you should do don't ask questions just follow me blindly because that's how you end up in really dangerous territory do you think that the uh christian community is sort of moving to a more progressive space as time goes? Or do you think it's kind of like going to be this sort of mixed bag forever? Because I, I feel like my analog is like politics, where I really do think that the more millennials become politicians, the more like I feel like a lot of the problems that we see in politics today will probably kind of start fixing yeah. and getting fixed as we take power. Do you feel like as more millennials become like authoritative figures in churches that you'll see more progression that way? Um, I... I I do feel like our generation gives me some hope, mm -hmm. um, but I also see what's going on in this country yeah. <laughs> and see how like there are literally like div division lines in the country where it's like, okay, if you're on this side and you look like this and you, you identify as a Christian, you believe this, this, and this period. Yeah. And I, I just don't believe people are that, <laughs> that monolithic and, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into politics, but I think it's just so brilliant to polarize everything to make it left versus right conservative versus you know progressive because people don't actually work like that yeah you know there's no way everyone who identifies as a christian and lives in the south loves ar-15s and you know <laughs> is is you know pro-life or you know all those things that they use to to divide us um but if you watch tv especially if you watch certain certain news channels, you know, they'll they'll use terms like the evangelical vote to represent a belief system that I don't see in my church. I don't see in a lot of the Christians that I know. Yeah. But apparently 
it's, it's somewhere. It's very real. Yeah. <laughs> and people are very passionate about those beliefs and maintaining things the way they were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it really is. I don't even know if it's 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 actually based on faith. I yeah. think it's just a matter of a resistance to change and a resistance to a shift in power away from white men. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to talk about you sort of moving around in everyday life as a Christian and as a Christian millennial. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think or do you think that it's affected like your social life, for example? Like with who you hang out with? Yes and no. Even outside of my faith, I think just as I mature, I've I'm becoming less willing to to tolerate certain things. Yeah. Like if 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 I've noticed some of the people maybe I grew up with or people that I used to hang out with, they believe certain things or they they say certain things, do certain things that I don't agree with. And it's just like, okay, you know, all due respect, I don't think I you know, I don't think this is gonna work. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of friends that and it's ironic because what I'm about to say may come off as almost non-Christian. Like I have friends that, you know, I've kind of realized are homophobic and I don't rock with them anymore. Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of people think, but you're a Christian. Isn't that kind of what you guys believe? It's like, (laughs) no, that's not, you know, I believe in love, love Mm -hmm. everybody. You know, even if you don't necessarily agree with their lifestyle or if, if it's been, you know, categorized as a sin, Acknowledge that everybody has those things. Mm-hmm. You know, I may not have that, but I definitely have some things that I struggle with. And that's that's kind of where my podcast is, is we're just talking about all the, the issues that make us imperfect and acknowledging that those those are okay. Mm-hmm. But as far as like how I move, I just try to move in love. You know, if if you if you're good, if you're good people, we can hang out, we can kick it. But I I don't I try not to judge anybody and I just try to just try to be decent. <laughs> Does it feel to you like societally like that my just as somebody who was raised like atheist and like was basically always been in kind of secular environments, I have never once felt like, you know, I was kind of in the minority, even though in America, like that definitely is the case. It feels very much to me like society is kind of catering to me more so than it being like, quote unquote, like a Christian nation. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Because I do think that there's definitely Christians, you know, in America who feel very like attacked, right? And like that they're kind of like, you know, their whole way of life is kind of in jeopardy. Whereas there's totally other people who'd be like, no, what are you talking about? Like we have God on the dollar bill. We say the whatever, like the Pledge of Allegiance, whatever, you know? I think there are places that you could go in America where you wouldn't feel that way yeah. for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that because yeah. there are places where it, it's everywhere it's all people based their conversations on and I think that's another important thing is just you know realizing that you know in a place like DC or on the east or the west coast you're you're also in a bubble right and totally America doesn't necessarily look like that when you go you know west of Pittsburgh right it's there <laughs> so I so like coming to DC, like it seems like probably you're like you're from Flint. Like, did it seem like it was a much more of a culturally like salient thing there versus when you moved here? I would say so. You know, yeah. I think there were certain things that I hadn't experienced that you know I experienced here. But I think just due to you know my experience in college, grad school, and then just having access to the internet, I wasn't as shocked because I knew that these things existed. Some of these things that you know I actually didn't mind, and I you know I like being around. Um, but I think for the generation before us who didn't have that internet in the world didn't seem so small when they leave, you know, their small town and come to like a New York or a DC, it's like, wait, it, it's, it's, it's intimidating in a way where they can, I think it's easy to say, okay, see, they're wrong. They're just, you know, they're secular. They just want to do whatever feels right. They don't have any, you know, core belief system. I'm just like, no, they're nice. They just don't <laughs> necessarily believe what you believe. Um, so for me, it wasn't as bad, but I, I do know people from other areas or other regions where being in a large city has been a bit much for them. And, you know, they they're so anchored in certain ways of life and certain belief system. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a problem, yeah. but that they're uncomfortable when introduced with the you know, completely different way of doing things. Well, was there anything like that for you that like was kind of a shocking thing or like what was the thing that maybe made you most uncomfortable about it, you know? I'll say where I'm from, there wasn't as much outward homosexuality, but I had also I had also gained like a really good friend while I was back home mm-hmm. 
who I knew was gay, but he hadn't acknowledged it. And I had gotten to a point to where that kind of bothered me. I just like, I wanted to make sure that he knew that he was my friend and I didn't care. So he could, you know, he could be open with me. So when I got here, there was just a lot more of it. And it, it was a bit of a shock to me. Like the first time I got hit on by a guy, I think I was just like Whoa. taken aback. And, yeah. and honestly, regretfully, I think I resorted to some of the the ways of like the the men that I grew up under where I was like really defensive, like aggressive. And I did, I had to think about like, wait, this guy's just, you know, he thought I was attractive and he shot his shot just like you would do <laughs> with a woman. Like, why are you so bothered by it? And that's where a lot of unlearning had to take place on my end. Like some of the things that were normal or some of the reactions that may feel natural, maybe those aren't the right reactions. Maybe you need to, you know, learn a bit more about other ways of life and other cultures and customs. And, you know, I had done some of that in college and it's still something that I'm doing every day and I'm interested in learning about other ways of life. And I don't, I don't think that that interest necessarily means that I'm not, you know, content with or happy with you know, my beliefs. I think it's just, I just, I just have a natural curiosity to learn how other people live their life and, and embrace it and make sure that they know that just because we're different doesn't mean there has to be any tension. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like, because you describe yourself as an inquisitive person, do you feel like growing up, did you sort of voice that inquisition about um, things related to Christianity or were you, did you feel like you were kind of like holding that in? Uh, I I definitely held it in growing up yeah. because I didn't want to upset anybody. Yeah, I and also I could, did. <laughs> I, could see how, I could see how important it was to some of the older members of my family. But I also... In the back of my mind, I would just hear certain stories and just be like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. I remember for me, the first thing that I remember my grandmother telling me about Christianity that I, I knew that I didn't agree with mm -hmm. was like, I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade or, or no, I think I was younger, maybe probably fifth grade where we had learned about dinosaurs in school mm -hmm. that day. And you might know where this is going, but, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but we had learned about dinosaurs in school that day. And I was like, you know, I was like a little boy, like fucking hype off dinosaurs. Yeah. I was like, yo, dinosaurs are dope. <laughs> like, like, no, that's the devil. <laughs> she literally was like, well, I hate to tell you this, but like fossils were implanted in the ground by the devil to make you doubt God. <laughs> never heard. <laughs> yeah. I've well, heard it framed right? that way. But. And, and I think there's a lot of these, like, there's a lot of like these little like probably small moments mm -hmm. that maybe a lot of like millennials that were raised in faith faith based houses have yeah. that like really stick in their heads. It's like their first doubtful moment. Yeah. And I think that sort of the way you articulate your faith as like almost a dialogue yeah. is uh, a good thing. Yeah, and I, 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 it's funny to me because it reminds me of like on, on Waterboy the mom. She's like, oh no, that's the devil. Anything she was like intimidated by or she didn't understand, she would tell him it was that's the devil. devil. Yeah. But I, I think I just got to a place where like, even the people who thought that way, I was, I would just ask myself, okay, where did that come from? Because obviously that's not an original. You don't just come up with that. Someone yeah. told you. Someone that. told you that. Yeah. And if you like, our grandparents grew up what in the '30s, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have access to any other way of thinking. Yeah. So if they didn't travel very much, so. I'm sure they had that same inquisitiveness, but they were, it was just kind of scolded out of them. Yeah. No, that's wrong. This is this. And the people that were telling them, even them, they didn't know. You know, the, the thing I love about my pastor is sometimes I'll ask him questions. He's like, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I've kind of come to a place because I, I've always been into science to a certain degree. I wasn't the best at it, but I was always interested in it. Yep. And I, I guess I don't necessarily know that they have to, it has to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. Right. I like the Big Bang Theory. I, I believe it. I believe that that's maybe how it started. But I don't believe that it was just some random accident. Right. Yeah. I don't think you have to be one or the other, because for me, at least, I guess the notion that this is all just some meaningless, you know, accident. There's no intentionality or purpose behind it. That's harder for me to believe just having lived and just the connections that I feel with people. I feel like there's we're supposed to be you know, some type of community, whether it be a bunch of different religions, maybe that's by design. Maybe we're not all supposed to be on the same page. Maybe that's a part of the experience. Yeah. But I don't believe in the whole, oh, well, this is just nothing. And, you know, you're here for nothing. There's no anything. You're going to die one day and mm -hmm. there's no accountability, anything like that. That's just harder for me to accept. So, mm -hmm. How has uh, dating been as a 
I don't know. Are you are you single uh, so, married? No, I'm married. You're but, married. Um, How long have you been married? I've been married for almost five years. Okay. But when I was single, <laughs> you would not know I was a Christian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i just say that. <laughs> yeah, I was. And like I said, it's it's one of the things that I've acknowledged. Like, all right, this is a part of me. You know, yeah. this lust thing. You know, this, this I don't know, desire to to be with women like I've had it since I was a kid like I've always been a bit of a ladies man growing up even in college you know there were a lot of women that I dealt with and my wife and I got together around freshman year of college his boyfriend girlfriend and yeah. a long time we dated on and off and then we you know we finally kind of started a family mm -hmm. so you so you kind of like you being with your who is now your wife was kind of like running in parallel to you kind of like re acquainting yourself with it with christianity in the way that um in a sense and actually you know she's been more mature than me in, in terms of faith yeah since we met so a lot of our relationship i think you know she's been kind of the the guiding force you know she's kind of helped me to without even necessarily pushing me one way or another but there was just something in her that i always admired and kind of wanted in my life and so we've been navigating this spiritual journey together and even then sometimes we'll just sit at home and we'll talk and it's like Man, i don't know you know today i don't i don't feel like anybody's up there <laughs> i don't feel like anybody cares mm -hmm. and those are real feelings and I, I i'm thankful that i have someone i can express that to without being scolded oh no that's the devil it's like no nah. <laughs> we get a devil a lot of credit i don't even know if i believe there's a devil right yeah i just think that you know these are things that our natural emotions, especially being sensory, sensory, you know, beings and seeing things on the news or, or, you know, that just make you believe that there's no, there's nobody, there's nobody tilting, you know, things toward fairness. Sure. Cause otherwise how could this happen? And I think that's probably the biggest thing that Christians or I would imagine any religion or any people who just believe in goodness yeah. struggle with, it's just like, how could all this evil stuff be happening? I'm curious kind of how you, not to, because I, I was really interested in the science thing, mm -hmm. and I was like, I mean, to me, it does feel like people, the narrative is that they're really at odds. Yeah, very right? much so. I've, I've been in, I've heard sermons where like pastors said, and they talking about these dinosaurs and the Big Bang, and oh, yeah. that's just Jesus, we were boom, and I'm just like, what? But then it's sort of like, <laughs> literally, how do you figure out what to believe, right? Like, I do mm -hmm. believe in the whole notion of like being inquisitive and everything that you're talking yeah. about. But then it's sort of like, it does seem to me like the notion of faith, mm -hmm. right, is that you shouldn't need to question it. And that in some way, questioning it is kind of a bad thing. And mm -hmm. it seems like you definitely don't really agree with that but then yeah. kind of the question is how does how then do you discern right because i don't think that there's ever really a way for a person to truly mm -hmm. figure out what the capital t truth is right because yeah. most of it even for like whether you believe that you know the truth is in the bible versus like in a science textbooks or whatever like you can't really verify either one as your own individual mm -hmm. being right and i think that fact is is one of the most comforting things about you know, being a Christian, it's just like, I know that I could sit here and I could read every book in the world and I could, you know, watch every interview, every expert, and I still wouldn't know exactly how this thing works and, you know, why it works the way it does. And so that's where faith comes in because you kind of can sit back and say, okay, at some point I just have to trust that the things are going the way that they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't know that everything's going to work out for everybody, but you know, it, it does say in the Bible that all things will work out for the good. And I don't know what the good means, Yeah. but I, I do find comfort in just knowing that, okay, whatever this stuff is going on, maybe I'm not supposed to understand it. I'm never going to figure it out. And anyone who says that they figured it out is, is lying, mm -hmm. but you don't have to worry so much about, you know, finding the answer. I feel like, a lot of the, I feel like we've, we've probably all met a ton of millennials that identify as like spiritual, you know? Oh yeah, that's, that's the word. These yeah, days. you know, <laughs> I'm yeah, not really religious, yeah, I'm, I'm spiritual, spiritual. And I'm just like, look, I feel, evil spirits exist. <laughs> <laughs> so which spirit are we talking about? <laughs> I feel like that sort of identify, like that demographic is probably a direct result of people like trying to figure out how to navigate mm -hmm. stuff that yeah. they like wholly believe is true. Like whether it's like evolution or the big bang or whatever. Um, I feel like, like similarly, like with with me when I was contending with that, I 
sort of settled somewhere. I feel like near where you settled was like, I think there's something going on that like, yeah. you know, that like, you know, I can't that like, I feel like, I do feel like this is kind of orchestrated, but I also believe in that these things like these science things happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, that wasn't really, I don't have yeah. a question, but I feel like, like this, that's probably like the result of all, all of the spiritual people out there, all of our peers that identify yeah. as spiritual. And I, I, <laughs> I think to that end, one of my favorite books, and I, 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 to be clear, I'm not a pastor. I haven't, I don't know the whole Bible, but one of my favorite books is uh, Ecclesiastes. And if you read it, it's almost frustrating because for, for pretty much the whole book, it's just saying like, these things are pointless. This thing here doesn't matter. This thing doesn't matter. But when you get to the end, it's just like, but just have faith and and just know that, you know, it's kind of under control. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where I usually land because man, I'll go down a YouTube rabbit hole and just be thinking, oh, man, maybe this is it. Maybe that is it. But then I just sit back like, all right, I don't think I'm supposed to know what it is. I think it's just a matter of, all right, be a good person. You know, treat people the way you like the golden rule, man. Mm-hmm. I just like yeah. <laughs> kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I think that they nailed it with that. <laughs> Treat others the way you want to be treated. I think doing that and this, you know, if you are a Christian and you study the way Jesus walked, try to live like that. And, you know, if you're a Muslim, you know, maybe it's Muhammad, maybe, you know, I think that there are similarities in all these books where there's this person or this idea of just being kind to people. And maybe God just, like I said, maybe God just gave, all, that's all these different recipes for the same like cake but it's like as long as you make the cake <laughs> as long as you 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 find that place where you're not just living in greed and being selfish and harming people for your own gain i think you you got most of it because one thing i'll never or i won't say i'll never but i've never been able to accept it's just this notion that anybody but christians you know are, are or any are, any non-christians are just gonna be damned to hell or something. like yeah. no why like all of those things that you're talking about right mm-hmm. like you know believing in like you know treating other people well and like love and all those things why do you need religion to believe that you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know that you need well or like, obviously what do you, you don't religion need... piece adds to it i guess is what i mean um, you know for me the biggest thing i get out of it is just that community because you can yeah. believe in all these things mm-hmm. but i don't know the feeling i get when i when i go to church and i'm around these this community of people yeah and, you know, we can pray for each other or, you know, we could just talk out our problems. And I'm, I, I suppose you can get it in other environments. Right. But that's the biggest thing I get from it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not blind to the fact that, you know, if I was born in another region of the world, I may have a different you know, religion that I identify with or that felt true to me. Mm-hmm. But this one feels true to me. Yeah. And so, you know, the 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 church piece is just that place where you can go. And and I'm talking about what it should be, not necessarily what it, where you won't feel judged, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though that tends to be what happens in churches. We know it today. And that's why I think our our generation is is going to be all about kind of breaking some of the traditions, some of the norms and finding a new way to do church that feels more welcoming, more inviting, more communal. Yeah. And less. Let me beat you overhead with these traditions because they just don't work anymore. Do you. Uh, I'm interested to get your take on how you feel your faith has shaped your view on death. Cause I have this like crippling fear of death that I place yeah. solely on my grandmother for like threatening <laughs> me with hell and, and, yeah. and the devil. And like, even as someone, even as an adult now that is sort of like in between as it relates to like what I believe in, I still uh, removed from whatever, like whatever I believe in terms of heaven and hell have this crippling fear of death. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to get your take on like whether or not you feel at peace or like afraid or yeah. Um, Hey, I, I don't know where I land in terms of believing in heaven or hell. Yeah. Like they both, as they have been presented to us, like, Oh, everybody's wearing all white uh, flying <laughs> around. Like that feels false. And then like this burning, you know, <laughs> This guy with this pitchfork, that definitely doesn't feel real. But I do believe in there being some some form of like accountability for how you live, mm-hmm. right? And and not necessarily your sexuality. Like those things don't necessarily seem as, as consequential to me, but just what kind of person were you? Like how did you treat other people? Mm-hmm. I, I struggle to believe that like the 
the greediest and you know most I don't know evil people won't have any type of accountability. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it looks like, but I just I, I feel at peace knowing that or believing that the things that we do, you know, at some point we're gonna have to look at them and answer for them. Mm. So, do you personally feel sort of like? peaceful about your own death because you feel like you have been living a decent life um i mean that's debatable yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know i think of it it's i don't know this is like off what on, on joe button they were talking about like karma last episode right yeah and then it, it kind of got to a point where someone i don't remember who said it but they were like maybe karma is just the peace you have while you're alive knowing that you're a good person yeah and i'm okay with if if that's it like maybe you just maybe just the quality of life you have whether you have stuff or not knowing that you've treated people well maybe that's the reward yeah well it sounds to me almost like the the community piece is also kind of that mechanism of accountability Mm -hmm. right because like i i really do feel like as, as someone who's secular and doesn't have you know a religion the the piece that feels missing to me is not any of the like oh i don't feel like i have like no purpose or i don't feel like i can just go do whatever i want because there's no accountability but the piece that i do feel is really missing there is like not having this like community where like like i just moved to philly right and like if i were a religious person like i would immediately be able to like have a community there that's Mm -hmm. like you know, pre-existing and that I could just kind of like go join. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's like, it's not something, you know, that I'm able to do. And therefore I have like, just like, just much more like, it's like a lot harder for me. Right. To mm-hmm. like have to deal with that kind of like isolation, like alienation. And yeah. it's like, you know, regardless of whether there is some kind of like, whatever, like grand reckoning, you have those people who are kind of constantly keeping you accountable. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that's like awesome to be able to have. And I don't think that there's really a secular, the, the non-religious world does not really have a good proxy for that. You know, I don't feel yeah. like there's anything that I could really go join. Like, you know, I guess I've been parts of like ultimate teams and stuff like that, but it's definitely not the same. It's not as intentional mm-hmm. a thing of being like, we are actively getting together to think about like what our values are. Yeah. You know? And I'll say to that, I think a, a good church, <laughs> and I mean, those those can be difficult to find. I don't think you would even need to be a believer to go and get something from it. Like, yeah. I, I know I know that there are people that go to my church for that, for that community. You know, maybe after church, we're going to break bread. We're just going to talk about life or even on our podcast. You know, we're not preaching to you. You know, we'll, we'll speak to certain scriptures that maybe, uh, you know, are relevant to the topic. But for the most part, we're just kind of having like this group therapy session saying, man, life is hard. <laughs> How are you coping with it? And so I, I, don't, I don't think that you'd, you'd have to be that to experience it. And maybe I don't maybe it's not a church, but you definitely need that experience somewhere. man. It's, it's so it's so crucial to me just to yeah, have a group community. Of people. Is so important. Yeah, and I think that that's just kind of a part of who we are. Like we have that that yearning for it of just people that we can bond with and talk through stuff with. Otherwise, it's just you and your mind. And for me, it's like the worst, the worst scenario. Because when when you just leave me with my thoughts, I can I'll beat myself up for everything that I've done wrong. I'll convince myself that I'm the only person struggling with some of the things that I'm struggling with, and the biggest thing that I've got out of you know church and in the podcast is just I'll say something on the podcast that I'll feel super vulnerable about and, you know insecure about and then the feedback I'll get man I'm so glad you said that mm-hmm. I, I thought I was the only person who who had doubts about this religion thing Keith thank you so much for sitting down with us today um, it's I I enjoy talking to people I think like you like Christians that are like chill and cool because I do think that like there is just like just like bad stereotype around oh yeah for sure Christians are and as someone that's in between myself I'm like it's also refreshing for me personally mm-hmm. and and that's I think just a message that I'd like to get out there a bit more it's like your experience you know, with church or whatever negative experiences you've had, those don't necessarily define, you know, this religion or yeah. this belief system. And then in addition to that, 
it's evolving and it's changing. You know, a lot of people that have had more experiences and, you know, met with people of different walks of life are taking kind of the helm and redefining what this thing looks like and what it what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's going to be a lot less of that judgmental feeling of that, you know, this is the only way to do this because I think we're just, like you said, very nuanced and, and we realize that more than maybe some of the people before us. Yeah. Um, I have three quick and lighthearted questions before we get out of here. One, how do you feel about astrology? It's hilarious. To <laughs> me. It is. It's, it's really fun. You know, I, I think that astrology is probably one of the biggest examples of confirmation bias that I've seen like just in society <laughs> because people are like, oh, man. Libras always get mad when people yell at them. It's like, yep, Libras always want their way. It's yeah. like that's 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 a human the, condition. The that's running joke on Joe Biden, the running joke on the Joe Biden podcast is one of the co-hosts, Rory, is like, I hear that Aries hate fake people. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, Aries. You know how much they hate fake people. Yeah, I think that's and a I, general belief. But I think that people are just like searching for a way to like rationalize the world around them. Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, okay. So that's question one. Question two: um, How do you feel about Chance the Rapper's newest album? Uh, I didn't like it very much. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy because, <laughs> as strange as this is to say, I think I liked his music more when he was like on when acid. he was well, yeah when he was not saved. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he was saved the whole time, oh, but, but he just he was... wasn't as like I don't know, man. It, it gets it got really preachy sometimes, mm -hmm. and I you know. I, I think you lose a lot of people. I think that's what one of my favorite rappers ever is, is Lupe Fiasco. And yeah. he wasn't even coming from a religious point, but I think his music just got so like, you guys are stupid. You got, why don't you believe in this? Why aren't you yeah. paying attention? It was like, You're like stop drinking all that soda. Yeah. Like relax, <laughs> yo, relax, relax. Uh, so yeah, chances dope, but that album wasn't it. Yeah. It wasn't it. Um, <laughs> how'd you feel about Jesus is King? Uh, that's Kanye West's newest album, by the way. I I thought it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I'm okay. not a huge fan of of, of most gospel music anyway, so yeah. I didn't expect to like fall in love with it. Um, I have my just in general on the Kanye thing. I have my my reservations. Yeah, I'm a bit skeptical of what his his motivations are, but I would never pretend to know you know someone's Christian walk. And he he came out when he when we were introduced to him as a Christian rapper. So I. It's not that this is like yeah. something out of nowhere. Yeah. But if you like know about Kanye, you know that he's been yes. on this way for some of the ways that, that he's been moving just doesn't sit right with me. So, you know, the music uh -huh. is cool. I thought the 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 second album, which was like just the choir, I thought that was a little better. Yeah. For but sure. even then I'm just not a huge gospel music fan. Um I think that Ultralight Beam is the best gospel song ever made. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes. Kind of song. Well, um, they did um I stretched my hands like the a, a, a decent version on the new gospel album and oh, it's really good okay because it doesn't have that trash Kanye verse where he's talking about like bleaching bleaching his yeah. asshole <laughs> it's like dog why did you ruin this perfect <laughs> intro with that verse my roommate David who just walked through here is very much of that belief he's like that's like the beat is perfect in that song oh yeah it's, it's the greatest but, intro to a song I've ever heard and then he gave us one of the worst verses he, I've ever heard from yeah was. but uh, I think that because the beat behind it is so great, I like I'll scream it every time it comes on. Oh yeah, on, it's you know? it's it's amazing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, uh, that's the conclusion of my three questions. <laughs> um, Keith, thanks so much for sitting down with us today. Please plug uh, whatever you want to plug. Uh, yeah. So as I mentioned, Savedish Podcast. Uh, it's on all streaming platforms, and season three should be kicking off uh, toward the end of February. Uh, we'll be talking about adulting, and whether you're a Christian or not, I guarantee you those conversations will resonate yep. at least at some degree. Yep. I listened to an episode of Keith's podcast, listened to the homosexuality episode. And I like, I don't identify strongly as a Christian, but I thought it was really dope and like a good, a good conversation. So appreciate it. Um, as always, if you heard anything you liked or you disliked, uh, hit us at I'm the villain pod at that's our Instagram our Twitter our Gmail. Um, let us know, talk to us otherwise. Bye. <laughs>